excited. With exceeding joy, Father, we are so glad to be in your presence today, and we thank you for this opportunity. I ask you, Lord, that you would open the ears of the hearers, that there would be grace on everything that's spoken today, that there would be wisdom on everything that's spoken today, that there would be mercy in everything that's spoken today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So the Lord instructed me to tell you not to lose heart. Do not lose heart. Amen. Do not lose heart. Because the times that we live in are times where the devil really wants us to, wants to discourage believers. Uh, his aim is always against the people of God. We are his sworn enemies. Uh, we are, we are blood bought with an oath. That we have an oath before God to walk in God's ways and really upset the devil's kingdom. Not just upset him, but actually uh, uh, spoil his kingdom. Take back what he's stolen from God. So we're God's ambassadors, and we are the people that he is depending upon to do the work down here on heaven that must be done. Uh, we know that we, we have to have faith to please God, but we also have faith to move some of the mountains that stand in the way of people's health, happiness, deliverance of uh, all of the good things that God wants to bring into a human life. You know, there is no life that's brought into this world that is, is, was created for doom. You, you understand what I'm saying? God has a, a, a good plan for every life that comes into the earth. But many times people are not able to find that plan for different reasons. When you do find the plan, then the enemy sets uh, his himself uh, in a position to frustrate and thwart the plan of God in your life. The only way he can stop you is with your permission. Okay, so write that down and mark it because he doesn't own you. He's always budding in. You ever know people that mind everybody's business but their own? Got something to say about everything, huh? And 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 really, that's the devil, because he's there to mind everybody's business but his own. Uh, he doesn't have anything to give anybody. He's a thief and a master deceiver. And you know, it's funny. You can get a promise from God and start praying about it and start trying to bring it to pass, and then he'll step in and tell you, you ain't supposed to have it, and he didn't promise you nothing. So, see, what goes on in your life is none of his business, but he butts in anyway to see if he can stop you and hinder you and frustrate you. So one of the main strategies he uses with believers is this, uh, this element of time passing before we see what we're asking for. And he does it to see if he can get us to lose heart. Huh? To lose heart. Now, what do I mean when I say that? Let me give you the scripture. Second Corinthians four sixteen through 17. We've got several of them. I'll read that one, and then I'll go to Galatians 5, because that they are, there are multiple places in the Bible where we're told not to quit, not to stop. And But this business about losing heart, when I saw that, I said, there's something different. In that, 
14, uh, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, the King James says, though the outer man is perishing, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So it's this inward. See, you can focus on one of two things. You can focus on the outer or you can focus on the inner. So what the writer here is telling you is if you look at the outer only, if you look at circumstances only, you may be tempted to quit, to faint, to lose heart. You see the passage of time and your age increasing, going with that. Everybody, you know, when you're in your teens or your 20s, you're excited about the next birthday. But we, we hit you after the big 3-0 and you less enthusiastic. Oh, it's my birthday again. Well, y'all, y'all don't have to do nothing for me. Just Let's just skip it this year. You know what I'm saying? Because we are, are so aware now of the passage of time. A person will come up to you and tell you at age 35 that you only have half your life left. And you think it hadn't even started yet. You understand what I'm saying? And so this this business of the outer wasting away or the outer perishing or the outer uh, losing its significance or losing its youthfulness, abilities, whatever, is always upon us. That's always a thought that comes to people. But the Bible tells us even though the outer is perishing, the inner is being renewed every day. Now, what does that mean, the inner is being renewed every day? That means that your born-again spirit just started to live when you got saved. So he's on the increase every day. Every day he's increasing in knowledge, in wisdom. If you will subject yourself to the word of God, every day your inner man is being renewed there is you are connected to the holy spirit of the living god which is like a generator generating new life pumping new life into your spirit man day by day by day it's being renewed so while part of you looks like it's fallen apart there's something in you that's being recharged every day And that part of you that's being renewed every day and recharged every day is the greater one. So your outer man is made to perish. Why? Born in sin, shaped in iniquity, slated to die, period. But when God steps in, you get the new birth, so your spirit gets born again. But your outer man is still slated on this road to death, unless Jesus comes before you expire, you will expire and go into the grave, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you know, the whole routine. And so we have to face this challenge, outer perishing, inner being renewed. Which speaks the loudest to you? See, you control the volume. huh? You always control the volume. So if you believe that your inner man is being renewed day by day, Invest more time in what he's doing. Invest more interest in what he's doing. Invest more, put more of your trust in what your inner is telling you in spite of what the outer says. Amen. You see people in the world now, they're spending tons of dollars on trying to keep themselves healthy, 
vigorous, young, youthful, full of energy, all of those things, because that is, stop, listen, death was not in the original plan, and it's, it really is an enemy of ours. So everybody's fighting the same enemy. We just do it in a different manner. You ever noticed how when you get around saints, everybody kind of sounds the same age? You know, it, when they speak from their spirit, you know what I'm saying. I'm not talking about people just say they saved and you know what I'm talking I ain't talking about that. But I'm talking about people who are really connected to the regenerator. Amen. Who live out of the power and the strength of the regenerator. So when even though our outer man perishes, our inner man is being renewed day by day. And so for that reason, the writer says, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. Stay in the fight. Stay in the hunt. Because there's still hope for you through the power of the inner man. See? Through the power of regeneration, there's always hope. There's always strength. There's always encouragement. Before Miss Tony passed away, Pastor Shirley would go and visit her quite a bit. And I would visit her uh, off and on when, the, you know, the Lord would really give me something to, to you know, say or something like that. I, I know uh, we have different assignments as far as what God gives us to do. And I just felt, well, let me, let me see how she's doing and see what God would give me to, to tell her. And so we would sit and, uh, and, and talk. And there were times when Pastor Shirley and I would be there together. And we would open the Bible and begin to share things in the Word of God and share healing. And you could see her spirit take on life and start to grab onto it. But see, sometimes when that atmosphere changes, they get slipped back over into the natural man. But see, I'm one of these people, I'm convinced there's hope for healing for everybody. I don't care how long it's been. See, this is the thing we've got to grab onto. The inner man that's being renewed day by day. So you can watch people's spirits get renewed right before your eyes. It's amazing what we have if we'll hold on to it. Thing is, in this world that we live in, the enemy is constantly bombarding us with information that affects the outer. Everything that he talks about has to do with this natural realm, this outer atmosphere that we live in has nothing to do with your inner. So anybody who can't speak to your inner, you don't give them the time of day. You don't give the devil the time of day because he don't speak to your inner because he had nothing to do with that. He wishes he understood what was going on in your spirit. Oh, he can only deal with the flesh, so that's where he where he hangs out. So it says for a while he says, uh, um, uh, "Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait! Do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles." So you can see what what really causes you to lose heart are light and momentary. If you can understand them two words, the devil will come to you. Oh, you honey, excuse me. Is it light and momentary? Huh? Talk to the hand or just stop. I got a new man. He said, just stop. You know, just stop. That's what you tell him. 
because he wants to get all worked up and have all kind of drama surrounding us all the time about you ain't gonna get this and who you think you are uh uh-uh girl you done messed up because see that's your fault and you think god just gonna come clean up your mess and you done messed up yourself uh just stop stop devil you don't understand the blood i don't understand it wholly either but i do know this much as long as it's working on my behalf i have a rescuer i have a savior who will save you over and over and over he saves to the uttermost amen to the uttermost huh so i'm a uttermost christian You know, if the devil stay out your grill, you might have a chance for a normal life. (laughs) It says here, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us. See, it's working for you. Whatever whatever the devil throws in your way works for you. You have the same testimony Jesus did. Huh? The Bible says if the princes of this world had known <laughs> what they were doing or the wisdom of the world to come, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. So every momentary and light affliction works out to our good. Amen. It works to your good. It's like, keep it up, devil, because it's working for me. It's working for me. There is an eternal weight of glory. What does that mean? That's the goodness of God. That's what you want. That's your answer to your prayer is what you want. And see, light and momentary afflictions work to deposit upon you and in your life something from eternity. So what you feel deprived of in this natural realm, you pick up in the eternal realm. It's going to last you a lot longer. See, what's out in eternity, you can pull it into this natural realm and have it work for you. Have it work on your behalf. So you can't lose, folks. This is how we are more than conquerors through him. Amen. Just stay with with God. Stay with Christ. Ride it out. Don't let the devil discourage you and talk you into doing something stupid so that you don't even even know the last move you made. He likes that stuff. You know, you you go to bed in Kansas and wake up in Oz. Seriously. Some people have been like that. And then you see the fallout and the casualty. Huh? They don't want to come around the saints then because the saints, the first thing their fear is that saints will say, I told you so. But we don't do it. We know you know. We know you done found out we told you so. We knew better when we were telling you. Trying to save you some trouble, but oh no, I know this guy. When you see that devil, you know that bull. You want to take them little horns and run you to the wall. I said, just stop. Just stop. You know what I'm saying? We just go pray. Huh? 
Because I see you ain't in the mood or frame of mind to want to listen to nobody. You think you got it figured out. <laughs> you keep figuring. huh? <laughs> so the glory far outweighs any light affliction you go through, mental torment you go through. Huh? Now in Galatians 5, similar thing. You'll also find a similar uh, saying in John 14:27. if you want to write that one down. You can look at that one later. But that's the one that says men ought always to pray and not faint or not lose heart. If you're praying, you are encouraged. Amen. I'm going to say it again. As people say, yeah, I prayed. Yeah. Yeah, but are you still praying? You're praying always? You know what pray always really means? It means to have that hope and that that wish and understanding of its coming inside you at all times. That's what it means to pray always. It don't mean you got to be running around here and don't do nothing but talk to God all the time. Most people ain't going to do it, you know. And we're not ordained to do it like that. You know, we have a natural life that, that we're entitled to live to. But you live it in God. You know, you spend some time listening to the Lord. But, but you know, in talking about losing heart, Galatians 5. Oh, that's what I was getting ready to read. Sorry about that. Galatians 5, verse 1 that tells us not to become weary in well-doing. I think it's 5, 9. What is it? Like I see it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> what do I do with it? Somebody, the devil stole that off my page. Oh, I'm sorry, 6. Galatians 6, 9. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't want me working from memory, okay? <laughs> Verse 7 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What Whosoever sows to please their flesh... From the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. If you sow into the spirit, there's this promise that says, don't let yourself become weary in well-doing or in doing good. Because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Labor will wear you out. You know what I'm saying? Being vigilant sometimes will wear you out to a degree. It'll wear you out because it's supposed to. What you are sensing and feeling is your flesh man giving up and your flesh man suffering a death and coming to an end. And most people don't like that thought and don't like that feeling. We feel like if we can't enjoy it in the flesh, it's not worth having Seriously, you know, that's like I, I was telling somebody that they grew up in the church and I told them, I said, you really just don't know how to un- you don't know how to enjoy the things God gives you in the spirit. I said, that's why when you get something from the Lord, it kind of drives you in a crazy direction. You wind up crashing into something and then you wind up understanding you messed up. Yeah. 
because your flesh goes along in every situation that you're in you have you have the mind of your spirit and your spirit man knows how to connect with god pray get stuff in all that kind of stuff but your flesh sits there and watches he like money he like things he likes certain people he likes to be known and be prominent and blow up and all that other stuff we talk about doing. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to really be vigilant over that flesh thing if you're going to enjoy the life of the spirit that God has for you. And see what the flesh will do will keep buttoning in and keep having something to say and keep judging what your spirit man is doing. And then tell your spirit man, God don't want you to have that, so you might as well quit. Look how long it's been. Look how long you've been praying. Look how how much time has to see outer man perishing, talking to us. Huh? He love to get involved in God's business. It's like, hey, wait a minute. God started this without your permission. Just stop. Okay. He's going to finish it without your permission. And see, many times we get involved, like God will open a door for us, and he wants to walk through with us so that we can be vigilant and learn how to enjoy things in him and with him. And we slam the door in his face and get involved in the flesh and go tromping through there, and it's all us all of a sudden again. Got me? That's the part of you that God is telling you not to let that get involved because if you do, that's the thing that's going to defeat you. Because your outer man, because he's perishing, he's desperate, he's craving, he can't wait for anything, he thinks he's going to get too old before the the biggie happens, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I watched that. It was a movie I, I watched one time. I think it was, uh, what was that? As Good As It Gets. That was the little phrase they used. Wasn't supposed to be watching it. But, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but, you know, most of that stuff we ain't supposed to be watching. But, you know, if you sit there in the Holy Ghost, he might show you something. But the guy said something. It, it was all these misfit people running around together. You know, demanding this out of life and demanding that out of life. And and, uh, Jack Nicholson was an OCD person. And he was the craziest in the bunch. And he came up with wisdom. He said, suppose this is as good as it gets. See, we are Christians, faith people, got a confession. We don't like to think that. But if it is as good as it gets, could you live? Could you enjoy life? Could you have a life? Could you still serve God? See, that's always what's on the table. Anytime we have to stand for something and let the the inner man, the inner workings of the inner, the renewal, regeneration of the inner man take over and let the flesh sit idly by watching all this happen and he's getting older and he's losing confidence and he's wondering, he's getting ready to panic and Throw a gun up somebody's nose and go on snap or something if they, you know, you know what I'm saying, if we don't get what we want. And so this process of the outer sitting back, getting older and older, watching, 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 and the inner to the inner is 
totally satisfied, but to the outer, he looks like we're not going anywhere. So the outer's always judging the inner. The inner pays no attention to the outer because the outer's crucified already. So your outer, your flesh don't bother your spirit, man, one little bit. Your spirit man will step right up to the plate, take over, start working on your behalf, and your outer is still confused, don't even know when he got off the bus. Amen. Looking for his transfer. And so if we will, will understand that it's this competition to see who's the strongest. Are you going to let the regeneration process take place and even help it? How do we help the regeneration process? Walk in the spirit. You can keep vigilant over your flesh and diligent about weighing things according to the word and weighing them according to the spirit. And stay in there in the realm of the spirit where all your promises are kept. They're locked up inside of you. Some yet to be revealed. Some are partially revealed. Some we know about. But we know that we have promises locked up inside of us. And the process of regeneration helps us to realize the promises. So we can't accomplish anything that we're expecting God to give us without cooperating with the regeneration process. You feed on the word. You walk in the spirit. You keep short accounts with God. You're not making excuses for all your faults that you should have gotten rid of years ago. You know what I'm saying. Let's face it. It ain't that much fun no more to to be somebody important. All that should be dying. Outer man stuff. Perishing every day. Every day that we live, it should be getting less and less, you know, important to assert a lot of the fears that we have. A lot, not all of it is, you know, trying to be a big deal. Some of it's born in fear. You know, fear that we won't have certain things. Fear that life will expire before we really get to enjoy it. Which, you know, knowing what I know about how God operates, you should be enjoying it all the time. At the end of the day, you should, you know, list all your activities. You know, got up, ate, sat down, ate. Oh, excuse me. I'm telling them myself. I should be talking about normal people, right? Cross out that second eight. Move it down to 12. <laughs> I had two meals before noon. <laughs> you know, I'm on my game. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. It, but at the end of the day, draw your line and do your total. It all adds up to joy. You got me? I had a joyful day today. I had a good day today. I had a wonderful day today. Because you did if you were tapped into where you're supposed to be. See, we make, thank you, Miss Pat. We make too many big deals out of the small things. Didn't the writer say light, momentary affliction? How can that ruin your day? If it's light and momentary, how can that wreck your whole day? See, we gotta get we gotta get ourselves in line even with the way the Bible thinks about what we go through every day. You know? Uh, even sinners are sick of drama. You understand what I'm saying? Them housewives shows and, you know, I mean, come on now, ladies. Show yourself in some kind of positive light. 
pulling each other's weaves off and you know what i'm saying gotta plug a hair in there with a real hair well all this old nonsense it just don't make sense it's not interesting huh and it does not reflect the humanity that god created amen it does not reflect that When you do good, many things appear to be against you. Living godly draws a certain level of fire from the enemy. The whisperings of Satan and the passage of time, among other things, can give one the sense of being stuck where you are with no hope of change and fear we will never see the promise. God led Israel out of Egypt with wealth and health. Amen. They were led supernaturally by God with full provision, water from a rock, and the rock followed them everywhere they went. That means it was living water. Picture of Christ way back then. They had manna every morning. All you had to do, all they had to do was stick their hand out the window and pull some off and they ate. You got me? God even fed them when they complained. They lost heart and never saw the promises. Why? Too many bouts with unbelief that they did not win and they refused to fight and not enough faith displayed in God. Not enough. See, God allows you to make some mistakes and repent. But get back to plowing according to the things of the Spirit and sowing according to the things of the Spirit. And don't let the flesh just take over and ruin everything. And see, the flesh moves in and ruins everything when we do what the Bible refers to as lose heart. What does that mean to lose heart? It really means to let your heart be removed from what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Many times people do things and will say their heart wasn't in it. How do we know the heart wasn't in it? Because they quit. Mm-hmm. People get married, they get pressured by this outer thing that keeps making them aware of things that have nothing to do with contentment you realize time has nothing to do with contentment i remember there were two christian men who were single at the same time they kind of kind of ran together as carmen and carlton pearson and carlton said yeah I get a lot of people telling me, prophesying to me about my wife and blah this and blah that. And, you know, every year, every year, you got older, older, older. And at age 40 or 43 or something, after resisting all these stupid prophecies all his life, his girl shows up in his church and he's in love. That's the one. Well, in three years, Carlton Pearson had about two babies. He looked like everybody else who'd been married for 20 years. You got me? So this passage of time thing is nothing but a ruse to get us to look at what's not significant. What is significant? What's significant is your contentment and your following the will of God. 
that man did some wonderful things. When he was working for God, he was a work a working machine. Amen. He he could could get people to come in and sit under his ministry from all kinds of races and creeds and backgrounds and he'd have some of the old saints in the congregation these new hippie kind of people in there and they enjoyed that atmosphere and they enjoyed it because here was a man devoted to god who wasn't split in his head trying to find out who's supposed to be getting married and, and going shipwrecked but waiting on god and riding it out even when he was being persecuted to a degree for doing it so God gave him contentment to stay with the call. He knew it was for him to continue to be a minister for that period of time and just do that, and that was it. And continue with the call and do great things for God and be used to God in a mighty way. That music they created at Azusa, the Azusa meetings he used to have, we still play that music. That music's anointed all the time. Every time you put it on, that music speaks to you. And they did it mostly from older songs, just putting new life into them. It said not a lot of people can do that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so when when we know what what God is doing, we can. And this is what the thing I liked about him. He would laugh off all these attempts to get him married. See, light momentary. Uh, he kept it in the light momentary affliction situation category. Instead of putting it in the drama, I can't wait, oh, I'm going to die if this don't happen, I'm going to be mad at somebody, all this kind of stuff. No, no, no. He kept it where it was supposed to be and just kept listening to God and working for God until the time came when he was supposed to get married. Amen. His his kids eat too much just like everybody else's kids do. You know, and Carlton was one of them people, he, he didn't get fat, you know, he was very on his appearance but he's a normal in other words he's a normal christian husband and father amen till he walked off and quit serving god got deceived you know but still you have to look at good fruit when it's being produced as good fruit amen galatians 6 3 tells you that you are deceived when you think you are something when you are nothing amen <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> It said, when you think you are, you originate that idea. See, God knows that we're we're uh, everything. You know, look at the way the Bible describes us, but it's describing the spirit of Christ that lives in us, in our inner man. I'm not talking about your crazy flesh man. Amen? It says, often we feel we deserve more than we have sown for. Hmm? We do. When you get anxious about things or you think it's not happening fast enough you think you're deceiving yourself because you think you deserve more than what you've sown for god keeps up with everything we do and as we sow we shall also reap but see this this involves us trusting god's accounting See, when we sit up and say, when is it coming, God, we're not trusting his accounting. So we're still watching everything like we know how to keep up with it. huh? It's best to keep what they say, your shoulder to the, your shoulder to the wheel or your shoulder to the plow. Just don't look up. Just keep focused on what you're sowing, what you're plowing, how to be faithful doing it. You keep looking down. That's where your your uh, crop comes from. It comes from the ground. You keep focused on where you're supposed to be focused. 
what's up is where god supplies he supplies the rain he supplies the sunshine he supplies all the elements that will cause your seed to grow and mature on time huh if you if you look up prematurely you're liable to get discouraged despondent to lose heart which means to remove your heart from your promise huh now what what does that mean take your heart out of your promise that means that there's something that happens on the inside of all of us in this internal struggle where we do we really believe god and that's all god wants to get you to the point where you really believe him now most of what we call faith is really mental assent we're just nodding our head mentally in agreement with it see real faith has to be pursued I tell you right now, it don't come like just sitting up there going through the motions of hearing the word and saying a few things and doing a confession. Like, if you're really expecting God to do something, how often do you thank him for it? How often do you confess? How often do you get in the word to build your faith where that thing is concerned? Amen? There's nothing like, you know, I can remember years ago when we were first starting the ministry, I stayed in the Bible regarding warfare stories because that was my life. That was what God called me to. You can't control what you call to. You understand me? You, you just got to do what you got to do. But I can remember staying in certain segments of the Bible because that's what fed me and that's what gave me peace about where I was in my life at that time. Many times we don't even do that with the things we say we're waiting for. Huh? If you're believing God for household salvation, why aren't you not reading testimonies about how God without fail brought everybody in the household out so that you can be encouraged and not let the outer man connect with with uh Babra's outer man and then you say, Well, he ain't gonna never get saved. That old scoundrel, he ain't gonna never change. Look at it. And see, the devil will have point out things to you about people, their flaws, their faults. Why? To keep your faith bound up and take your heart out of what you're doing. So you can start out heartfelt. I see it all the time. How many empty seats here used to be filled with people who had a zeal for God? You couldn't beat them witnessing going out, and now they're somewhere sitting on the sidelines, broke, busted, and disgusted, don't know how to get back in the game. See, that's, that's, the, that's the sad part about it. You know, people, you don't want to hinder people. You think you can do better somewhere else. God bless you. You know what I'm saying. It's been real. It's been lovely. But I know for a fact it's usually different. It's usually not the case. They don't do better. They sit at home. They don't go anywhere. You see them on social media at some goofy conference. They ain't even prophetic. I said, how can you sit up and listen to prophetic song? Where you know how they can do it? Their heart was never in it. People are so bound up in religion, going through the motions of everything. Don't go through the motions of what God's promised you. Get your heart in it. Put everything you've got into that thing 
so that when you when it's time to reap, you've got you heavily you are heavily invested in that promise coming to pass in your life. If you ain't gonna get, get invested in what affects your life, what are you gonna get invested in? But see, we listen to the devil and say, well, look at that. They treat everybody better than they treat you. All that measuring. You know, it's it's as bad as listening to the news. Huh? You get played for being in a specific group on the news. You get played by the devil with your promises you think you're waiting on God for. When are you going to start making him quit playing you everywhere you go? We always, when you're centered so much on man, you're on the wrong road. You got me? When you think people have more power over your life than God does, you're on the wrong road. There's some things people can't take away from you. One is your relationship with God, your faith, your confidence in God, your promise, the life that he's ordained. We can't mess with that. I ain't that powerful and don't want to be. I'm too busy trying to get my own hallelujah on all the time. Huh? It's the truth. But it is the truth. We can't sit around and, and mope and whine. and You don't have time for that. Man, should know better by now. Let the devil play you. But see, what will happen is you withdraw your heart from these promises little by little, listening to the devil. You can't have that. Who you think? Look, you ain't got too old. Don't nobody want you. Ain't nobody going to do Oh, you ain't going to get no ring. You know, if you get a ring, don't get a little one. Pastor Barb going to laugh at you. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, stupid stuff. Listen, we get a magnifying glass and blow that up and put it on YouTube and make it look like 14 carats. If that's what y'all want to do, hey, let's do it. If God says it's a go, it's a go. Huh? But, now let's, let's be reasonable, girls, okay? It's, we don't, don't go down, don't go less than half a carat, okay? I mean, your faith should be able to get you more than that in in spite of his pocketbook. And get used to they whining. Men always think they're going to spend more than they want to spend when they get involved with a woman. A quality, a quality girl. (laughs) Like Eve. Huh? When Adam saw Eve, he said, wait a minute, hold it, stop the presses, let's do this thing. Huh? Absolutely. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, I look no further. Huh? And you punctuated with some cats. Huh? Amen. Amen. Them brother's always going to be tight. Right, Poppy? <laughs> right. <laughs> huh? Amen. They keep, you, they keep you dialed into reality, you know? But anyway, we don't want to be that real, though. A girl can dream. Yeah, we ain't dreaming forever now. We're going to use our faith. <laughs> but you know what the enemy will do? He will get you to withdraw your heart 
from the promises of God through constant warfare, constant bombardment. And then we start paying attention to the things of the outer that are perishing every day. If they're perishing, they're perishing. You've got to know they will come and go. You got me? But the things of God are eternal. The things that are locked into your heart and into your spirit are eternal. You know why we withdraw our hearts from things? Because we don't want to be disappointed. Well, somebody got it. Huh? Yeah, we, you know, well, suppose I do all this and believe all this. See, if you're still still sitting on the fence like that, or you've moved from believing God and you got up on that fence, know you're in the wrong spot. And you can get off that fence and you get back in faith anytime you want to. You shake yourself and, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. I've been sitting up here looking at natural things and looking at time passing and looking at what I haven't gotten done and all that. And I'm wasting time focusing on what has not happened yet. When the God who's a good God lives in you, he can bring you joy by you going out doing something for somebody else. He can bring you happiness. If you try to pick up the world's idea of happiness after you're saved, you're triple stupid. And see, what we do is we flip over and start thinking the things of this life are so superior. And we start pressing God for them and needling him and bugging him. Then when it doesn't happen fast enough for your flesh to be able to be content, then we start withdrawing. You don't tell anybody, but you don't really want it anymore. You let resentment build up on the inside of you. Just letting the devil play you. Get resentful because of the amount of time it's taken. Huh? Well, I wanted it back then, but I don't want it now. Huh? Take your marbles home because you're sick of the game. You got me? But you need to know that faith works by love. You can't, you can't get anything from God that you don't desire. Huh? He's not going to give it to you because there's no faith involved there. So these little things, these little resentments that build up, these little angers that, that get us, and then we want to get depressed about it and discouraged. And, you know, you get in church and put a plaster smile on, hope the saints don't know. And, you know, we, we knock on your heart, and it's just as hollow as the, huh? Who was the, was that the tin man? Yeah, a little tin. Anybody in there? Sound like your kitchen kitchen cupboard, pots and pans rattling. Huh? It's true. Listen, I've been there. I've had to fight myself back from withdrawing many times. Are you kidding me? That's not an indictment. That's an observation, baby. It'll happen to everybody. You think the devil's after you for nothing? He thinks he can gain something by picking at you about what God's promised you.
or get you to get a plan B, another a, a substitute something to come in. Huh? You know, you can live with a lot of things, but don't compromise on anybody God wants you to be permanently connected with. And don't get haughty about it. You know what I'm saying? It's, I see all these people on, on the internet. Good morning, kings and queens. I would say, honey, half these people don't even answer to their name. Huh? You know, the devil has renamed everybody now. Yeah. You watch what people call each other. Huh? Come into a big room of people. Hi, B-words. Huh? He done renamed everybody. So king and queen is a real stretch in this society. You know what I'm saying? You say, oh, who is that? Oh, me? Huh? (laughs) But you need to act like royalty. Nobody has to call you anything. You act like it. Huh? You act like who God called you to be. But your heart's got to be in it. You've got to put your heart. How do you get your heart in it? You've got to fight yourself to stay in the word. You've got to fight yourself to stay refreshed in the word. To stay believing what God says. To stay not fearful of everything you read in scripture. Huh? Always scared God going to give you something to do that's going to upset your world. You don't have no world if God's not in it. You understand what I'm saying? If he's not running it, you don't have no world. My goodness. You see people drop like flies, one after the other, have fallen for the same deception, the same. God distracted away from spiritual things. Or some people's hearts have never, they don't know anything but religion. Huh? It takes years to retrieve people from deception and stupidity. People can use lose years off their lives just being stupid and listening to the devil. So when we sow to the spirit, we reap what is promised. Stay in your word. Keep telling God, God, get this out of my head. I, this is some. This is an errant thought in here. This is not what you promised me. This does not line up. This what I'm thinking does not line up with what you told me is going to happen in my life. Get this thought out of my head. Don't ask him to change your life. Ask him to change you. Get you to where you believe him. Once you believe him, you can get the things that you desire. So sow to the spirit. Reap what's promised. You can become wearied when you step out of that realm of the spirit that nourishes and feeds your faith. You have to stay in that realm of the spirit that nourishes and feeds your faith. You have to. If you're gonna if you're gonna run why why take a time out? Why get in the flesh? Just to sit over there and criticize and complain and notice what's not right and keep tabs on what somebody else ain't doing right, how they don't live there. All that now who needs that? Act like royalty. Huh? They're never involved in petty things. They're involved in high things, never petty. 
When they go, <laughs> no, I ain't gonna go there. <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we stay out of that realm, of, stay out of that realm of faith, we will feel the effects of the atmosphere that is seeking to defeat us. So God is trying to teach you how to choose the proper atmosphere to nourish what you want to see grow. Amen. So the choice is yours. What do you want to see grow and happen in your life? Huh? It's it's hard sometimes. With I can remember when I was a new Christian, I had to get my mind renewed because I I had a nervous breakdown. I didn't even think like a normal person. You understand what I'm saying? I saw suicide every day, you know, and I would I would think and see myself laying down on the ground floor of, of, of my apartment building, I was living three floors up. So in order for that not to happen, I never went past a window that was big enough for me to jump through. I did that for five years. You understand what I'm saying? So you have to, and listen, if I can do it normal, y'all so-called normal folks, I know that ain't normal to all of y'all, and it wasn't. But if you so-called normal, you got no excuse. You understand me? You don't have to fight like that. You can voluntarily go to the word and get something to build you up in the things God wants you to do. But see, I know from where I came from, I know it can be done by anybody. If a crazy person can renew their mind, I did it out of necessity. Because that that Bible was the only place I found peace. Huh? I would get around saints and they say, oh, you're full of the word, ain't you? I said, honey, if only you knew. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Because I've really been working on it. But we have, to, we have to decide what part of ourselves we want to feed and nourish. You want to feed and nourish your spirit. Huh? I don't care where you are in the spectrum of getting your prayers answered you must make the decision to feed and nourish your spirit it's not coming today but you still got to feed and nourish your spirit huh it may come today but you still got to feed you understand don't get your your head banged up against when it's coming you understand what i'm saying don't hurt yourself like that so when we, we step out of the realm of the spirit that nourishes and feeds us, we step out into the realm of the, the atmosphere that is against us. It's against your success. Even though the devil may seem to offer you an alternative, quick way to get it, because you've lost confidence in what God's telling you to do. See? There's never a quick easy way listen god's way is the easiest way and the quickest way because the devil's way you ain't gonna get it anyhow not what god's promised you not the way god's promised it to you you'll never get it diddling around with the enemy getting impatient i'm gonna I'm just take my shortcut because because this ain't gonna work for me and yeah, yeah i've been doing this and i've been doing that and oh boy here we go the only thing that's happened there is God is letting you see why you don't have it yet. Amen. Amen. Well, see, affliction sticks a fork in us, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. 
And if we squeal, we ain't done yet. That's like taking a turkey out of your oven and it's still flying around your kitchen. He ain't done yet. So you got to let us stay in there for more time. The word we hate. Huh? That's the word we hate. Takes more time. See, well, your flesh will perceive a promise one way, but your spirit knows what the real deal is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> think you're looking for one thing one way, and what God has for you may not even look like what your, your carnal mind conceives is supposed to be for you. So that's how we can easily get deceived into accepting a counterfeit, pursuing something in the flesh that will never give us contentment. You know, sometimes it's momentary affliction, but if you enjoy things in the flesh, it can be momentary joy, too, or momentary happiness. I'll put it that way. It's never joy. But it can be a momentary happiness because the first thing the devil wants to do is jump out the bag. Huh? You get deceived into thinking something's God when it's not. That's the devil's delight. That's when he has a party, honey. And it happens to us because we withdraw our hearts from things. And then we pursue them in the flesh. The same thing that God wanted to bring us in the spirit we get a counterfeit picture of it in the flesh and go off and pursue that. Okay? Gets very expensive real quick. Devil can't wait to pull the, the cover off of things like that. Second Corinthians five seven says we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith will keep your heart engaged in what you're doing. You go back to the word. You find yourself wavering. You find yourself complaining, getting disgruntled, angry all the time, don't want to participate, don't want to enjoy things, don't want to, you know, you just kind of patronize your life, give lip service to a lot of things. I remember after my husband died, I got into a place I could still hold on to. I could see that if, with the passage of time, things would get better about the way I felt about everything. And, but it just wasn't enough to sustain me from day to day, you know, kind of thing. And I remember the day where God told me, he said, you better get up from there. He said, because the devil is going to get you if you stay where you're at. See, people don't think God talks to you like that, do y'all? But, but he knew... See, in my heart, I want to do what God wants me, wants me to do. But I let circumstances that were beyond my control that I felt were not supposed to happen to me. See, think you're something when you're nothing. Huh? Yeah. Amen. It's easy for, for that thing to latch on to you. Huh? And see, when we suffer something, ooh, trauma, you know, death, divorce, whatever, whatever, we think it's an excuse to lay down and fall on the sword. But I'm here to tell you, it ain't. 
and and part of me part of me knew better when I was doing it, did it anyway. Huh? With that I'm mad at you, Jesus attitude. Huh? <laughs> You know, God come and give you one word and you start crying all over the place, you know, because you really want your heart to be in what you're doing in your life. You want that. But you're fighting to maintain that place and you're not sure you can do that. You understand what I'm saying? Then you find out that the word of God is true. That nothing's impossible with God. Amen. That he will comfort the bereaved. And I mean comfort so that you can function and do superior things in God still, that you're not diminishing anything that he's given you the capability to do. Because you decided to choose to, to, to get in that atmosphere that nourishes you and feeds you and has always nourished you and has always fed you. God started to give me visions of myself adorned, in in heavy heavy and now listen i was a thin slip of a girl probably a size four well whatever when i started saying heavy i started feeling y'all go tilt out there from the hebrew kavod which means which means i go to a foreign language where y'all start monking with me with my vision. It's my vision. But this this dress was like you wouldn't believe. Wedding dress, white, uh, veil, everything, pearls and diamonds and I mean just sparkling. Sparkling. Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I yell you too. You know what I'm saying? To snap you back out of it, but you gotta yield. You gotta want to be out of these things. You know, you don't want to. You gotta want to. You gotta not want to stay where you are, and choose the spiritual, not something you know carnal. Some. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith only works by love. So if you've got anything in your heart against God, or you're stuck in a rut somewhere, you don't feel like you can get out. Or you're already making plans to for an alternative plan B so you can get it on your own kind of thing. Huh? Israel focused on what it looked like, not on what God said. He promised a land flowing with milk and honey and let 12 of them see it. They actually saw it. They knew it was real. They knew it existed. What more do you need? Well, the devil will snatch that away from you if you sit up and listen to him. You got me? So they saw it. They lost heart when they saw opposition to their promise. As though God couldn't take care of that too. Whatever you think is holding you back from what God's promised you, God can take care of that too. He just wants you to be crazy enough out in that spirit realm to believe him. Amen. If you will be crazy enough to believe him, then he'll make sure that you get it. 
especially when opposition comes. You don't think God understands what how tough it is to hold on to what he's told you with everything that comes against us sometimes? He understands that. But also he makes provision for you to overcome it so that he can bring you what it is that he's promised. His, his promise to you. The devil don't have nothing to do with this. And you don't almost either, but just to hold on and believe. When you think about it, everything's almost against us. We have sinners mocking, the devil stealing or trying to steal, constantly bombarding our minds with reasons why we will never get what God has promised. Some of us are just floating around. We're not hanging on to anything, God There's nothing we want anymore. See, that's when you're in bad shape because you've divorced your heart. See, when you withdraw your heart from one thing, everything that you're holding on to will come out of it. You got me? Because faith is for the whole package. It's not just for a few little Chinese menu things that we think we like. Huh? Just like Sheree. Don't give me all them vegetables. I want rice. Go home and boil some rice there. What you doing in a Chinese restaurant? But see, that's that's preference difference. I like the vegetables because I don't like to boil them little things and cut them up. So give me her vegetables. You understand what I'm saying? But when God promises us something, it's a package deal. It's the whole enchilada. Huh? I found out years ago, I said, God, if I ever dislike something I'm doing, how will I know if I stop doing that one thing that's not what my whole promise is riding on? You got me? Huh? So that's why God keeps these things secret. You don't know what turns him on and you don't know what turns him off. As far as being able to pick and choose and think you're wiser than he is. I'm going to quit doing this because it's too much trouble and, and, you know, I'm still going to get what I want from God. You're a little thief. Good thing you ain't Muslim. They cut your hand off for that. (laughs) Oh, laugh. Good gravy. Lighten up, folks. It gets better. you got a lot against you, folks. God understands that. That's why he gives us such great mercy. Every time you come back to him, every single time, and understand that God wants to bless you. He wants to help you. Be careful putting blame and responsibility for delays in your promise. Well, see, the reason I don't have it yet is because you have no clue why. And if you're in faith, you have it. So why are you saying the reason you don't have it? You see what I'm saying? You see how tricky the devil is? Mess your head totally. See, that's too much time sitting up listening to him. And now you're offering reasons for why. Huh? reason why that is because you ain't believing God right now at this moment. You stepped out of that realm, the realm that nurtures your spirit, 
and keeps you encouraged. Amen. You stepped off into something that's not helpful to you. Good thing about God is that when you get off into and you're real stupid, he'll send somebody to pull you out. Mm -hmm. Saints are always around us to encourage us and to help us. Now, see, you think people are picking at you, but they're trying to dig you out of the hole you've dug for yourself. Amen. You can't get mad at everything. Huh? So, so be careful putting blame and responsibility. That's they see your carnal mind, everybody's mind is like this. Your carnal mind wants to reason things out. It has to make sense for him. Or he's nervous. You see. If things aren't aren't making sense, we get nervous. You know, a psychology as a discipline has has been built on that structure of giving reasons for us not to be nervous. So in the process, they've made everything normal instead of having things abnormal. So if you want to, if you feel like a man, you've been living like as a woman for 18 years, and this morning you wake up, you think you're a man, that's normal. So we can tranny you or whatever they do. Trans, tranny. What's a tranny? What is a transmission? I'm sorry. Anyway, wrong, wrong meeting. But anyway, you know, they'll trans you. Because there's nothing is, is abnormal any, anymore. Everything's normal. So if, it, if you say it makes you nervous, you nervous till you put on women. Now, this is what I hear they say. They be nervous till they get in some lingerie or something. Huh? Of course, me, myself, I would think, well, my wife is wearing some, so you into lingerie. Just look at her and go about your business. Do what you've been doing all these years. And, but anyhow, it's, hey, so, so, so pop psychology has made everything normal anymore. It's made everything normal. And this is what the human carnal mind seeks to do is to not, not have to deal with the anxiety. Anxiety makes you understand you need to change. And see, if you, if you take the wrong choice for change, you can wreck what God's doing. And so what we do oftentimes is we find an excuse or a reason for why we didn't accomplish what God told us to accomplish and why we're, we missed it. You know, we, we didn't get it right this time, and this is why. No, there's no this is why. Because faith says, get up and do it again. You got me? Get up and stay in the race and get another turn and do it again. Why? Because faith is purity. Faith stems from righteousness. And righteousness needs no excuse. Righteousness is not anxious. Righteousness is not fearful. Right? There's nothing, no judgment against righteousness. It won't judge you wrong at any time. Sin will always judge you wrong. You miss God, you mess up, you're going to feel bad. But you get up and you repent. And you say, God, get me back in the game. I don't need to know why this happened to me. Just get me out of it. It's like throwing a lifeline to a drowning person. They don't have, well, what kind of cord is that? You know, I'm allergic to acetate. No, you ain't. You just grab that and let's see if we can get, get it going on here. 
Huh? The opposition is mostly us. What we allow the enemy to tell us that we pay attention to is more a matter of attention than it is anything else. Uh, Your carnal mind will always accuse or excuse you. Repentance is, I'm going to say it again, your carnal mind will always accuse or excuse you. It'll always point at you and tell you, or say, oh, don't worry about it. Everybody does that. God understands. God don't understand this kind of stuff. He ain't carnal minded. He understands love, joy, peace, righteousness, gentleness, patience. He understands that very well. And that's all you need to understand. And know that you can turn around and turn your back on things that don't build you up, that don't get you where you want to go. You don't need to always patronize your soul. Little snowflake stuff. I heard they was out screaming. They had a day where they were screaming up into the heavens. Now, we may think that that's not anything, but that's a spiritual maneuver. But you need to know you need to break that power that they think there is. Because them people are so heavy in witchcraft, it's pathetic. Huh? Witches, there's a lot. Of, you look at all the drugs, all the, the sexual orgies and stuff like that going on. That's, those are witchcraft. Those things give people power in the de- demonic realm of the spirit. And don't think these weepings and, and uh, uh, upsets and evil words and all, you don't think that has a cumulative effect in the, the effect in the spirit it does. That's why I tell y'all, stay off that television, man. You can't even watch a cartoon nowadays. I mean, they got, they got gay people in the, uh, what, Beauty and the Beast or something. <laughs> That's a bad thought when you even think about it, ain't it? I'm telling you, the devil's subtle. You see, oh, look at this. So our opposition is mostly our thoughts coming from the carnal mind. It's bombarded day and night. And that's what wearies us, listening to that. You've got to grow up and mature out of listening to every carnal thought that comes through your head. You cast it down the minute it comes in there. We have to grab a hold of the promise in a fresh new way. We can allow the enemy to steal the promise from our hearts if we don't. So it's a constant warfare to hang on. Prophecy is designed to reestablish us in our faith for God to do good and give us what we desire. So when you receive a prophecy, that is to solidify what God has either already told you or to bring, amen, something new into your life that falls in line with the plan of God for you. Amen. You can hear new things in prophecy, folks. Don't get this. Oh, it's just a you. What do you mean just a confirmation? If your life is hanging on a thread and you about to give up and go serve the devil, it's not just anything. Faith is always an expectation of good. Amen. The passage of time. You've got to decide if that's your enemy or your friend. It can be either one. 
The inner man can renew himself, which means what's renewed is time, energy. Everything's renewed in your inner man if you stay in there. So it has nothing to do with your outer man perishing. You can let him perish and you can let him do what he wants to do. But your inner man renews himself and he will begin to command the outer to go his way. So your outer man can pick up and do extraordinary things by the power of your spirit man if you will let that spirit man dominate and forget about what's out here in the outer. I wound up having to take a pill because I was sitting up listening to all the stuff that my body was telling me. And the devil almost had me thinking that I was back depressed again. And I said, no, wait a minute. That affliction will not come on me a second time. Amen. Then I found out it was a thyroid thing. I even know I had the thyroid was blowed out. I said, God, how'd my thyroid blow out? I'm still a young thing. You're still a young. What's that song, Sissy? Baby. Ooh. Don't. Don't waste what? Cece, you got to be on your game. That's me. <laughs> okay, just stop. <laughs> just stop. There you go. We got his false going now. Whoa. That's more than I bargained for. But that's what your spirit man is telling you. That's what mine was telling me. And the Lord told me, he said, go and take them pills and start building your faith back to where it was when you used to not let this stuff bother you. You got me? So that's what we do. Praise God. you you got to fight these things, folks. Just can't stay there. Let the devil mull you over. I'm telling you the truth. I was sitting there counting years. I said, well, let me see. If I live another 10, that would put me. I said, oh, I said, maybe this body will last that long. You know, stupid stuff. Compromising with the devil. I said, let me go get my word open and start acting like a normal person. Luke 18.1 says, pray always and not faint. Always. Don't give up on prayer. People backslide because they give up on the promises. Amen. They never really lock in, as we call it. Never have their whole heart into it. It's called conversion. When your whole heart is in, sold out to God and not letting your flesh steal the promises and you try to get them another way. huh? It's, it's just true. So once you lock in... Stay locked in. There are a lot of Christians out there who have been skating in religion and not really have their heart totally in what they're doing. God wants to convert them. Hey? So that you can come in and get the fullness of what God has for you and quit living on the fringes. Amen? That's what the gleaners did. Huh? Remember Israel when they would, they would, uh, uh, harvest their crops they were forbidden by law to harvest the corners you had to leave the corners for the gleaners that ain't you you got me you eat at the father's table you eat the best of the best you need to either be all in or all out with god but if you're all in you're not trying to fearfully 
trying to see if you can get a little prayer and get this and get a little of this and get and don't want nobody to know what you're really about. You understand what I'm saying? You don't come to the altar because you don't want nobody to know. Don't mess with me, y'all. But the gleaners, let me tell you why the gleaners, and the gleaners were only allowed to go in the corners. You could not go into the center of anybody's field. You know why? Possession is done by the soles of your feet. If you walk in somebody's field that you didn't own it, that gave you rights to take it from them. So that's how God allowed them to be generous to the stranger and to the person that couldn't provide for themselves yet maintain their own property. You don't have to go broke trying to help nobody, folks. You understand me? God knows what's yours. He keeps what's yours intact. But if they were dare to come on that property, they could claim possession for what. And you would see gleaners try to inch in and inch in and inch in. Uh-uh. They would beat them back. Remember when, uh, what's her name, Ruth came to glean? He gave her permission to go out into the field. Because she, she was the rightful heiress of all of it. Y'all feel me, okay? All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, the Lord is saying that you're a very smart girl. You're very bright, very intelligent. And the Lord says, I want to take that. And use it for me and take you places that you never even conceived you would go, says the Spirit of God. He says that that you're working really beneath your capacity and beneath your ability in many ways. But you enjoy your work. You enjoy life. You be, enjoy being helpful. You enjoy being useful. And the Lord says that is a sign of a call to serve me and serve me only, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, look for it, because I'm going to change some things and take you on a road that will take you where you have never been before, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Stand her back up again. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is saying this. He, he's, he's telling me to tell you this. He said, ever since you were a little girl, you've already always known things. You don't know how you know them, but you've always known them. And you've never really shared everything that you know with everybody because you're not sure how it's going to be received god said that's all going to change he said because i put that in you for my purposes for you to share it with any and everybody would be like casting pearls before swine so i haven't let you do it but god said i'm going to take restrictions off of you in such a way that you will be able to utilize and share everything i've shown you Every wisdom, every knowledge, every understanding 
is not for naught, says the Spirit of God. It's not for nothing, says the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, stand up again. One more thing. Sorry about that. (laughs) And the Lord is saying, I'm preparing a husband for you, somebody who will allow you freedom to be who I've created you to be. And the Lord says, don't let the enemy put you under pressure about it. Don't be fretful about it. It's prepared for you, or he is prepared for you for a certain season in your life that cannot be hastened, no, not by anybody. The Lord says, when I put up walls, I put up walls that cannot be torn down. So I've walled you in for a specific person at a specific time in your life to do my will and complete the call that I put on you, says the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.